Because Things Can Be Different, a podcast that discusses all things business and design. Uh, so this is episode seven, and today myself and Cameron Hello. are going to be discussing the four key points a hospitality business needs to consider as COVID restrictions are eased. So there's, there's four points. Cameron, do you want to elaborate on what those four points are? Yeah, yeah. So we're looking at um well first of all we've we've concentrated on any government restrictions etc we've concentrated on the uk because that is where we're based yeah um also we do work in the states and europe and it's quite difficult because it changes from country and state so we've kind of kept it the uk they are similar across the world so do check with your own um local authority um council anything like that to make sure that they're applicable um but there's lots of stuff in here that doesn't matter where you are in the world it's definitely something you should look at and will help as you come out of the Mm. lockdown that's the main thing um so what are the key four points we're looking at mike so i think i'll start off by talking about what the current um restrictions are in place and what the future steps are because we're on that covid19 roadmap and how that mean what that means for hospitality in general um a big element of that I won't go into too much now, outside uh, dining and does it make sense to a business right now? Um, And the branding side, so that's point three, and the focus for a business as lockdown is eased. Um, One of the biggest things, number four, should you be investing back into your interior? Because at some point, that interior is going to open up. Mm. But right now, what is the state of play for a hospitality business? So, um, the roadmap that we've started, which step one started, I think it was the 29th of March for the UK. As we know, venues can only serve takeaway. Um, and the restrictions from that point of view in general, not just for hospitality, rule to six um, and two household, households can meet. Starting on the 12th of April, if everything goes well with the, uh, the, the four tests that are going to be put in place by the government, Step two, hospitality venues can open outside spaces. Um, and that is alfresco. So yeah, la- la- last last check was that they were going to do this as yeah. well. Um, so it looks like it's going to move forward. Yeah. And I think what's interesting is trying to figure out as a business whether you want to open exactly. up for that because there's obviously a furlough scheme in the UK which the government is paying up to 80% um, and it's also flexible so it's whether you can work out the numbers mm. um, and whether you have enough space to make it work um, and do you want to not open um, and have your competition opening when you're not yeah. um, is what we're going to discuss when it comes to the outside seating yeah um, so I mean there's a key key thing to, to mention is what it means to a business, sort of uh, hospitality business in general. There's a few facts and figures flying around. So we've tried to go through them uh, and pick out the key points to, to discuss. Um, we've noticed the same figure, 41,000 venues potentially opening their outdoor spaces to consumers. I think that figure is going to vary, but it will. what that will do is it will provide um, the UK economy uh, and hospitality in, in general with a much needed boost. Yeah. But there are a number of things, like you said, that we need to consider. So um, outdoor dining, the first the first and probably most important thing. So restaurants could look to maximise their outdoor uh, bar, patio and lounge spaces. 
it's important, I think, for them to maybe consider creative ways to make use of also street fronts, car parks, uh, gardens and terraces. Um, there, there is some amazing examples of this. Um, I was judging uh, the Frame Awards hmm. in January and actually the one that we deemed to be the um, winner of that that month's um, roundup was an outdoor seating solution that someone created, I believe it was in New York, and where they had um, the riots, they had a lot of plywood from boarding up shops and then someone CNC cut them into this kind of terrace space wow. that then restaurants it went down the street um and restaurants then utilized it also a uh, customer of ours in the hague has they've got permission to use some of the street for seating yeah. so check again with your local authority but then don't be scared of not lobbying i don't like the word lobbying but lobbying your local government to say that we haven't got enough space so we want to close this street and mm. we want to put our tables out on on the road or you know put walking people walking in the road and use the pavement for um seating because this is an incredible um time and people have lost more money than anyone wants yeah. to think about so don't be scared of pushing it and um, making it clear to your local authorities that you know if they haven't got a scheme like closing roads down and pedestrianizing them temporarily then they should do um and yeah don't be scared of arguing with them about that because we mm. know successfully uh, some people that have done that successfully it's changed their business in the last time the restrictions got um uh eased mm -hmm. they actually had slightly more seating than they would if they were open which yeah. is great so i mean i like you're saying it does differ uh by location and, and obviously type the type of business too um so there are there are a few f figures presented by uh, data analysts uh, cga the only two in five licensed premises uh, have a permit uh, have or oh, sorry have a permanent space to trade outside for example more than 80 percent are pubs with with beer gardens? Yeah, and I think it's something like twelve percent uh, are actually restaurants that have outdoor spaces. Yeah, so it's quite rare, especially in the UK. I mean, in California, people have got huge yeah. outdoor spaces because of the weather. Um, but in the UK, the yeah. weather has meant that you know you don't really have to spend that money yeah. on having. I mean, that if you were in somewhere, space. for example, like Brighton, yeah, um, you've got a fantastic promenade terrace, maybe. So that's, I mean, those are sort of locations that have that luxury. Yeah, those guys are gonna gonna kill it. Yeah, whereas yeah. in a dense, populated sort of city, you know, yeah. you might not be. So well, even so just like. in Brighton, um, just the lanes, for example, mm. you can't physically put that many seats yeah. outside anyway. So, and you London, um, New York, yeah, any major city does have a lot of those those problems. Yeah, um, and the same study as well also found that the, the numbers reopening may not be as high as we might expect due to limitations on the space for one, like we just said, but the cost of equipment and staffing as well. And we'll come on to like staffing later in the branding side. That's more about the customer service. Um, but uh, I think a lot of people have been either changing or not being being able to work. So staffing issues will be, will be a big problem. Yeah, we've got, uh, again, we won't mention any names of our clients and stuff, but we have got a client that was just opening before COVID. We were just fitting out or finishing designs and fitting out. They went to open in the first easing of restrictions. Yep. They staffed up, had these great people that had um, that had signed up to work for them. And then unfortunately, because of the um, the rules in the UK on furlough scheme, he's had to let all of them go. So he's got a really hard start now yeah. coming out of this. 
Um, so obviously the government's done a lot in the UK. And again, please do comment or um, email us and let us know how your individual countries and, and states are doing. Um, but they've done a great job of, of helping people out. But there are hard stops on some mm. of it. And I think that people have fallen through the gap um, with with especially within food and beverage. Yeah. And it's been the heaviest hit in a lot of cases. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's something that there's uh, sometimes there's nothing you can do. Yeah. So... We don't want to, you know, we don't want to be negative about this. Should this be a stopper? You know, if you've got the ability to do it, take advantage of it. There are quite, not strict guidelines, but specific guidelines for this in the UK. So you've got to be able to seat people two metres apart. And that's back-to-back seating um, between tables. Screens can be used. Um, if you're looking to have some sort of shelter um in place to keep people either warm with heaters or you know keep the rain off. Fifty uh, percent of that shelter needs to be open, so the walls need. I to think be that's going to be a key part as well because a lot of people really took, in my opinion, yep. the mick because from a safety standpoint, um, they were just building complete tents mm. and there was no difference from inside their building. No, exactly. And I think the government spotted that, so you do want to watch out for stuff like that. And that again will be globally because this is the same disease pandemic that we're dealing with worldwide so the problems are the same you need airflow etc you don't want there to be stagnant air because it can yeah. be infected so it's, it's these things that we're looking out uh, that they'll be looking out for so just be clever um and you know do you want to be seen as a business that's trying to get around the rules or do you want to be oh, seen really? as a business that's responsible yeah. um because yeah i think that people will will judge harshly yeah, that goes a long way to you know and it's not long to wait now as well from, from at least in the uk we've we've um herd immunity coming yep. along well and yeah we we think the restrictions are going to be pretty much over and done with and not to be worried about in in you know a matter of months rather than years mm. so don't ruin your reputation or cause a problem or worse than that get a fine from yeah. local authorities for for you know an extra couple of weeks and if you are thinking about doing something like a, a bit more of an installation uh, outside mm-hmm. um fixed booth seating which is a possibility if you're going to do that then the backs of the seats need to have some sort of separator and they've got to be a minimum of 1.8 meters. So it just keeps you know um, any any spread at a minimum. Um, but space, space planning will be key. So if you're in a, an area where there's large volumes of restaurants that are opening up at the same time um, and in close proximity, it's advised to consider the cumulative impact on the visitors. So you've got to think about the routes in which people are going to queue outside to get in, mm. uh, reconfigure seating to maintain social distancing and have some sort of reservation system in place. So you're not, you've not got an influx of people all at one time. Um, there's been some speculation in the news I've seen recently, uh, especially in the UK, about how businesses aren't too keen on putting extra systems in place, mainly to do with the cost, I think. Um, but we would recommend, you know, Later on, we'll talk about the branding side, but have a look at um, sort of booking systems because that that's uh, going to help help a lot. Not only um, from a business point of view, but from um, track and trace point of view as well. You've got something to fall back on. So that does bring us on to the branding side. Um, consider obviously what the business's brand strategy strategy is going to be moving forward, uh, and what's in place and what may need to evolve as part of that. So we've covered a lot of branding already haven't yeah. we, in our previous episodes. And I think we were straight in there with branding right at the start of um, the restrictions. Um, so not a lot of what we would recommend from a brand point of view has changed. And if you haven't 
done what perhaps what we've suggested previously or haven't listened to it jump on it but we can cover a little bit again i mean there's no harm in reminding people that we've got customers and we've got people that are nothing to do with us that we research and look at who have really made this work for them and they've created much more solid businesses off the back of realizing how almost weak their business was before now obviously our job is to go in and speak to people they ask us to come in and, and look at their brand or they want a rebrand or they just normally new logo and they don't realize that, you know, just a change of logo is not really going to do it. And I think it's forced people to see that and almost level up. And we've got customers that have improved their business and actually managed to create new revenue streams off the back of looking at their brand, yeah. either improving it or just putting it out there and changing the way they perceive it themselves and then making sure the customers can engage with it Mm. um because it's very hard to support a business that disappears we have a very fond business that's near our old studio we've actually moved which is why everything looks a bit different so so it's a bit bare with everything's in boxes at the moment but um there was a restaurant that um uh is very close to our old studio that were friends of ours and they had this issue where they didn't they did not value a brand, the name and the personalities of the people behind it at all. And they were serving really good quality food and had excellent customer service. But the overall look and experience of it was quite low. Yeah. So when lockdown um, happened and you could go to takeaway, etc., they had lots of trouble trying to actually make that work financially. Mm. Where if they had a more solid brand where people like us that have been going there for many years um, wanted to support them, we found it really difficult ourselves and we were based just around the corner from them. Yeah. Their opening hours were sporadic. They hadn't really worked out what they could and couldn't do. They didn't change their menu to make it work a little better with um, takeaway, for example. And you might be asking, what's that to do with brand? Well, all of a sudden your product can become the thing. Yep. So we've got a customer that we've uh, consulted with that their brand was very solid and people loved them. So then as soon as we went into lockdown, they couldn't serve espresso-based drinks to their customers face-to-face, but they could bottle up some really nice milk drinks, for example, and deliver them to their door. Guess what? Customers really wanted to support them, yep. really wanted those good quality milk drinks to the door while they're working at home. So then they built a, like almost a separate business off of it. The key part of that was it was their brand and their brand loyalty and mm. the story and the engagement with the guys that own it that was the thing that sparked that and people wanted to support them, wanted to order those um, drinks. It's stuff like that that I think a lot of people have realized. Yep. If you haven't realized that, take a long, hard look at your business model, yeah. at your brand, and seriously think about using this um, as a reason to come out swinging. It's a it's a, <laughs> it's a phrase we've used a lot mm-hmm. since all of this started. Um, is yeah, you want to come out fighting. It doesn't a spitter and a spatter, and it, yeah. I think it's a massive risk of people going out of business if they do that. You need to see this now as an opportunity. Mm-hmm. And if you're seeing your competitors, you know, thrive potentially now. Um, that's probably a good indication that's you know that's what they've done and importantly um, yeah. if they're not and they're just doing it let's not do the whole thing well you know no 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 one else is doing it no. great that's a perfect reason to do it like the amount of people that live their business lives saying well our industry just doesn't do it that way for me that is the easiest and also point out the cheapest way of having massive disruption if everyone's doing incredible stuff on a constant basis mm. it gets very expensive and very difficult to think of new ways of doing it yeah. if you're in an area where people just aren't trying go and try instruct a branding 
guy, instruct a interior guy, instruct a commercial chef to rewrite your menu and really push it. If you're a chef yourself, sit down, think about why you started the business and what do you want to do differently to what you were doing before COVID. Use this as a an ignition point, I think. Yeah. That's why I'm excited by it. For our business, we've made huge changes. Yeah. Um, and because we work so heavily in food and beverage, it has affected our business in a big way. So rather than just sit there and wait for everything to come back and worry, we've really looked at changing things, making our business more effective. How can we help com- uh, customers in more interesting mm-hmm. ways? This podcast is one of them. Um, yeah, so I think see it that way because people that don't, I've got a horrible feeling they're going to start disappearing, which will be a real shame. But, you know, yeah yeah you've been warned <laughs> <laughs> but i suppose there's, a, there's there's certain things you can especially with the restrictions easing and uh outdoor spacing becoming available there's certain things that perhaps you can prepare for um i think one of the main things from a branding point of view and i think a lot of people don't think of this subject as a branding element because it clearly is is customer service yeah and the customer sentiment and behavior that you get back uh, from from your from consumer, the biggest thing is going to be consumer expectations. As you open up, and people come back to you, and if they're valued customers from you know pre COVID, they're going to have a certain expectation. Uh, they may expect a certain level of service that is reminiscent of what happened pre COVID. That might not be possible. Um, so the best thing to do is to listen to what they say. So look out for what they're saying, their sentiments. No, only that. Ask, ask them as well. And ask them. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, customer Open feedback. Open up a bit of the conversation. Is really important. And if you've got a good relationship with these existing customers um, or even new customers, then uh, monitor monitor these changes in their concerns and their sentiment. The other thing as well is what are hospitality staff going to be like now they're going to start coming back into a working environment? you're going to need to train people, I think is the key thing there. Yeah, yeah, definitely. On the policy. You're going to have to spark them up and remind them that it's work time um, if they're existing yeah. guys. If they've gone and become a delivery driver, for example, um, because you couldn't afford to pay them all, like one of our customers um, couldn't actually keep them on furlough because it had missed the hiring time. Um they might be gone, so you might be hiring new people. There's a lot of people coming out mm. of school that haven't got any job prospects at the moment, so they might be brand new to it. Well, before, you might have just slowly surely, uh, surely, slowly but surely done it, sorry. Um, and now I think you're going to have to think more and because you're going to have to try and make every penny count, every yeah. customer in the door count. You want them to return. I mean, it should be treated like that anyway, but now I think it's very important. You start recovering some losses, mm. making sure your business is coming out really strong. Um, so that's going to be a key part of it. Yeah. I'm aware of time, so I don't want to miss any key parts. Okay. Um, so let's move on then. I think that covers the uh, customer service side of things. Ramping up your digital delivery the brand that's quite important i think most most importantly people are going to want to know that they're safe when they come to you so have a policy in place put that on your website um put it in the interior or not in the interior but in on the um in the outside space as well so people will know what that is you're doing to keep them you know safe um drive traffic to your website so create great content in yeah. social media positive content about reopening yeah put pushing the fact that you're reopening and also don't be scared to ask people to give you that support yeah. like we would love our patrons to come back or we're really looking forward to seeing you we're seeing that working really well already yeah. and we saw it in the last time restrictions came down yeah. you don't be scared of 
don't pretend everything's been fine because everyone knows it hasn't been. So then don't be scared of getting that more personal interaction with them. Mm. Web is the perfect way of doing that. Yeah. And then driving people to your website from your social media um, and having information there, photos, booking. Mm. Should we talk about the booking? booking yeah. it's- because that has a two, two-pronged uh, approach. One, it's great for track and trace. Two, you know, it will help streamline your the income of, of, of people coming into the You're going to know what you've got coming, exactly. yeah. There's also the ability from a marketing side as well. As long as they're aware that their details they're inputting are going to, can be used that way, you could potentially use that. Put them on a mailing get, list. To put them on and get feed, well, feedback. Oh, okay, yeah. I was thinking of just inviting them back yeah. and, and stuff. But yeah, I see what you mean. Get yeah. feedback on how your service was, And that could go towards great reviews. If people are giving leaving great reviews on a business that has just reopened in this current pandemic, that's going to be amazing for business. Yeah, I mean, definitely 100% you need to start pushing Google reviews because if you haven't noticed, it is important and they've changed their algorithm and to to be based around like semantics on web, i.e. how people engage with that brand. So getting Google reviews will be a key point. So how can you do that? Maybe when you pass them the check, um, it's got, please leave a Google review with a QR code to send them straight to your page. Make it easy. We all know, you know, I can have a great experience. Do I go away even though I know how much it works for a business? This is going to make me sound like a bad person, but I don't always go back and give a review because I'm doing something else. You know, yeah. I'm talking to my wife or I'm down in the pub with my friends. I don't go back and go, oh, this is going to really help them. I say they were fantastic. That was a great meal and then walk away. So make it easy. If you can just scan it and put a couple of words in yeah. on, um, or on Google. Or star. Top- I mean, how easy is that to just click a couple of stars exactly. or five stars? Yeah, yeah. That's what we want. Yeah. Um, Make it simple. it simple and don't be scared of reminding people and asking them to help because yeah. of times like this, we could really do a review. Don't yeah. be scared of that and make sure you train your staff to ask and don't be embarrassed. And um, it's amazing doing some retail work while I was at university. It was amazing. I got trained by someone that had been in retail for years and they just said, you wouldn't believe how many people don't get sale because they haven't asked. And it's the same with a review. Yeah. If you just ask and just mention, it's really important to us at the moment, that would be absolutely fantastic if you could help out. A lot of people will do it. And then everything changes. Your website becomes more visible. Your Google Maps listings will become more visible. If someone's searching for coffee, brunch, beer and a burger, and that's what you do, Google will reward because people are interacting with your brand. Yeah. Key, key, key piece of information yeah. there. You could change your entire business by getting that right. Yeah. It's worth pointing out. Part of that is actually having a website. We sell websites. Fine, don't buy a website from us or any other agency, but build your own one. The amount of people we know, talk to, and discuss business with who don't have a website because their food and beverage mm. and it's bricks and mortar is ridiculous. Like, come on, we shouldn't yeah. be talking about this anymore. Get a website, and preferably a decent one, mm. um, and sell yourselves on it. Um, yeah. And you can also offer incentives as well. That's a great part of marketing, especially especially now. So a little bit of a discount goes a long way. Um, so the final step that we're going to talk about, final point even, is investing in your interior. Now, one is, is now the right time? Arguably, yes. Yeah, um, it's something that sounds really weird. And again, we said interior, so I'm aware that it's got a conflict of interest here. So take us out of the equation and you're doing it yourself. Um, a lot of the biggest problems that customers of ours suffer with is closed down cost. Mm. You haven't got at the moment, you're closed. And if you haven't got outdoor space, you're going to be closed for a little longer. Yeah. So now's a good time to go in. One, do a deep, deep clean, kitchens and everything oh, gosh, else. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that hopefully goes without saying. Um, but then 
Can you give it a lick of paint? Is it now time to invest in new furniture? Is it now time to just redo the whole thing? Have you taken advantage of some of the government-backed schemes for financing, for example? If you have, do you want to use it on staffing costs or do you want to use it on creating so much more business with web and new interiors, brand, etc., that you can come out and you can afford the staffing because you've actually ramped up your business and you've got more customers than you did before? Yeah. These are the things that we think are the most exciting parts. Um, you've got no shutdown costs beyond what you've already you're already incurring. So now is great. If you mm. have zero money, go in there and do it yourself. Paint it at least, yep. like scrape pounds, pennies together, dollars. And there's also looking at the concept. Yeah. So you've got the ability to potentially become part of the and model, which I think you yeah. So best, co- best as as most people watching this will know, we're we're quite. Um, quite big in the coffee industry and do quite a lot of that. And the coffee and model is becoming a key part of the industry because mm. just coffee on its own can be hard to, to make enough money on in, in key areas. So coffee and so coffee and food, coffee and alcohol. Um, so yeah, is it a time to look at your model and switch it? I would say yes. If you aren't already doing it, then you need to look at that yeah. and activate it now. It's going to be key. Yeah. Um, Especially as step three of the roadmap because there is that looming as well. So as, um, as it states, Based on government guidelines, if everything goes well, 17th of May, potentially we could see interiors opening up. Yeah. So there's some time there. I know 17th of May sounds a bit scary, but if you're looking at it, definitely now is the right yeah. time. And it's key to say some of our international clients, we've got customers in the States that are literally yeah. trying to do this now. And they've actually been allowed to stay more open than a lot of places in the UK. But they're still no, it's the revenue's not the same. Mm. So they want to do it now while they're not losing out as much money as when everything comes back. They want to come out swinging, as we're yeah. saying. Um, okay. So I think that covers about everything. Yeah, yeah. If anyone's got any questions, please comment below. Um, like, subscribe if you're watching yeah. on YouTube or listening to it on any podcast supplier. It'll help us get further. We've got some interesting guests that are going to come and speak soon, so mm-hmm. we won't give too much away, but no. they're uh, they're going to come and talk about projects they're working on, industries they work on, and their opinions on certain things that we are involved in ourselves. Um, so yeah, please support us and uh, we will continue to try and support you and give some information away that normally cool. we charge really good money for we do <laughs> but uh, thank you for taking the time to listen and watch this episode of because things can be different um and bye for now thanks a lot thank you